0: Hello, this is Judy Bartkowiak from NLP and EFT Kids. I haven't actually posted a podcast for some time. I'm not too sure why. I know one's supposed to have a proper sort of organized routine and be consistent and so on. But I tend to wing it a bit and really post something when I feel I have something to say. Um, Whether or not you feel it's worth listening to is very much up to you, Um, but this post is about taking chances versus playing it safe. Um, It was actually prompted by my game of tennis this morning, as many of you who follow me know, I am uh, actually an NLP sports practitioner, um, as well as working with children and teens, Um, and um, I'm a very keen sports person, I play a lot of tennis, cycling, skiing, and I used to play hockey competitively, and uh, I do a lot of sports actually, I love sport, Um, and I was playing sport this morning, I was playing tennis this morning, and um, it was a club tennis um, session, and I was really playing around with trying a little bit harder, taking more chances. Usually in club tennis, I'm very conscious that the idea is it's social, it's not about sort of winning at any cost for sure. Um, and I'm not actually that competitive. I enjoy just being out in the out in outside in the fresh air with people I know, being able to laugh and joke and not take it too seriously, but on the other hand, <clears throat> enjoy the game. So I was working uh, this morning a little bit more, pushing myself a little bit more, trying to aim for the baseline and try to getting it in the tram lines and really working harder, trying harder with my serve rather than just getting it in, really trying to position it um, much better than I normally do. <clears throat> and, um, and, and this was really, I felt, about taking a, t- taking a chance, stepping out of my comfort zone You know, in club tennis, or in probably in most tennis, I'm very conscious that I don't want to let my partner down. I don't want to do any sort of tricky shots, try to be clever and then lose us the point. But actually, um, today, I thought, I'm going to really push myself a little bit more and take a few chances. Luckily, uh, the person I was playing with was very good. So um, I did feel that, um, you know, I I was well supported and we sort of talked a little bit about it. Um, And uh, it it went really well. We actually won all three sets. And I did feel that uh, some of the things I tried worked well. Others slightly less so, um, but I was generally pleased more not so much with the result but actually with the attitude of going for it a bit more than I would normally do and that made me think about other areas of my life our life where we can push it a bit and the sport's an obvious one isn't it because you know it's about performance as well and you know we do want to get a better time we want to score more goals and so on, um, but what about in other areas of our lives, where we could perhaps step out of our comfort zone, maybe we could take a few more chances, and I thought of a few things, and I don't know what you think, but my, my list was um, initiating a sensitive topic, you know, sometimes we perhaps avoid the sort of areas where there might be the potential for an argument or a bit of bad feeling, maybe the kids are in earshot, you don't want to really, you know, um, have, a, have a row or anything like that. Um, but what if um, instead of sort of hedging around it, avoiding it, we actually did um, initiate some of these more sensitive topics? Because I feel that when we do that, OK, we make ourselves vulnerable in much the same way as, you know, you make yourself vulnerable in sport, don't you? If you push yourself out of your comfort zone, because you might get it wrong. You might, uh, you know, lose the point, um, you know, and uh, uh, and that wouldn't be good, really. Um, uh, although it is something I'm fairly used to. Uh, so, yes. What about sort of initiating a sensitive topic? Um Uh, And there are quite a few topics around at the moment that are quite sensitive, aren't there? Um, I'm thinking, you know, particularly money um, and finances at the moment. I mean, everyone's worried. Um, And, uh, you know, is that something that could be broached? Um, And climate change, what what you could do as as a couple towards that? And, you know, other aspects of your perhaps more personal life. Um, another one is giving awkward feedback. I suppose that's a little bit similar. But, you know, when you're sort of gritting your teeth a little bit and sort of holding back from saying something, but maybe, um, again, sort of pushing out of your comfort zone a bit and maybe giving some slightly awkward feedback um, to your partner um, or indeed a friend. I mean, a relationship can be friend, partner, husband, wife, etc., And the third thing I had on my list was saying no. You know, as as women in particular, I would say we have a tendency to people please, to be obligers. If you look at the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies, the the obliger, where you'll sort of do whatever, you know, in order to um, please other people. Um, and saying no is really important because when we say yes, when we really ought to have said no because we're really busy, we really can't do it, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera, um, that does have an adverse effect on our mental health. And in fact, a lot of women suffer from migraines um, as a result of, of struggling to say no. And of course, it is something we want our, our children to know. We want them to learn how to say no. So if they're not going to learn from us, then, you know, who are they going to learn from? Yes, sure, from the teacher. But actually, shouldn't we be showing them what our no sounds like as well as our yes and a a calm no? I don't mean a, a shouty no when it's like, no that But more of a sort of, you know, calm. No, that doesn't seem a good idea. Or no, I'm, I'm afraid I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be going in that direction. Or no, I can't wash the pea kit tonight because um, I'm actually on a call or I'm going out, uh, etc. And then I was thinking of children. I'm afraid my list darts around a bit. It's not in any sense logical. But then I was thinking of children and the, and the struggle a lot of children have to put the hand up. You know, they'll put the hand up in class when they're pretty sure they've got the right answer. But I've certainly spoken to kids who've said that they they don't put their hand up in case it's wrong. But then. Um, I've asked them, well, you know, when the child, you know, in your class who who gives the answers, you know, and it's right, you know, is that actually what you would have said? And they said, yes. So, you know, kids are, are not putting their hand up for fear of being laughed at, being judged, looking stupid, getting it wrong, of course. But what if they actually... Put their hand up even when they're not sure that they've got it right. They might be pleasantly surprised. And also, I mean, there's lots of ways that children can step out of their comfort zone, aren't there? Lots of ways they can take chances. I mean, nobody wants your children taking chances that could be dangerous. Um, I'm not obviously not talking about that. I'm talking about just chances in much the same way as, as my example about the tennis, which is what prompted this post which is to take just a a little chance of of maybe just trying something you haven't tried before. So also something that's school-related is talking to someone you don't know very well. You know, a lot of children say they'd like to have more friends, but they're, they're not very good about initiating conversation, you know, going up to somebody that they don't know and just starting a conversation in fact sometimes I've even you know I've even sat down with a child and said well let's think of the sort of ways you could start a conversation and what you could say Um, and actually they've got loads of ideas it's just that before they they can actually go up to to somebody they feel that they need to know it'll go well well of course that's the chance element isn't it it may not go well um I'm sure there are so many examples in school um, and to do with schoolwork and homework, you know, when kids say, I can't do it. Oh, I'm wondering what it'll look like when you have. Show me when you have. What do you need in order to be able to do it? Instead of a lot of parents, I think, say things like, oh, of course you can. You'll be fine. Um, you know, you're really good at such and such a subject. Um, and they just sort of, you know, maybe they have a go. But what if, you know, instead of us saying, um, "No, you'll be fine, you'll be great," etc., saying sort of, you know, have a go, have a go, because you'll learn more by pushing yourself. Um, and they'll certainly learn more by pushing themselves than by us helping them, um, and certainly uh, not by us doing their homework for them. I have actually spoken to a number of mums um uh who say that they actually do do their children's homework for them and that the last one was somebody whose child was in the first year of secondary school which was quite surprising i thought um uh so yeah yes. Yeah. so you know how can you push them a little bit to take a chance it's only by doing that you actually create more confidence more possibilities um, so, you know, have a think about that. And I was thinking also about family life. Um, I was just I've just come off um, Zoom, actually, with a, um, a client in Australia, um, helping her with some of her sort of, you know, family type issues. And she's very much a doer. Um, she She has to be doing something. There's always something to do. And I was talking to her about the divine feminine um, and the divine masculine and the distorted feminine and the distorted masculine. Um, and just in case you're not familiar with this concept, the divine feminine is very much about the being, being, in, being fully present and being in the moment and being available um, to our family. The distorted feminine feminine is much more about um, the sort of the makeup, the hair, the clothes, and sort of really putting it out there, um, sort of out into the world rather than having, being somebody who the world comes to and being that safe sort of harbour, if you like, that, that centre of of, of, um, of the family. Um, and that isn't about not working i can assure you i'm a big fan of working um so the but this is the thing she was as well she is and so um the divine masculine does enough does what needs to be done and these aren't actually genders of course this is energy uh, which might be a bit too woo-woo for you which is absolutely fine um and um So the divine masculine is about organising, doing, working, getting things done. So the divine masculine is doing, the divine feminine is being. Uh, The the distorted feminine is like being an exaggerated version of uh, yourself. And the distorted masculine is also being an exaggerated version of yourself. So it's just constantly doing, 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 always something else to do. And the sad thing was she said that um, when they got back from school, her kids, it's in Australia, obviously it's in the summer, her kids were playing under the sprinkler and they said, oh, come on, mummy, come on, mummy. And she said, no, I must go and do some work. And um, for her, um, that was about um, the doing was more important. And we talked a bit about intention and impact because um, her intention was to show that there has to be order. She was sort of trying to, in a sense, educate her children that, you know, one has responsibilities, one has to do these things. But when she thought about what the impact might be on the children, it was that, you know, mum is too busy to play with us. Um, So for her, you know, taking a chance would in fact be to say, no, I'm actually going to play. I'm going to play with my children. The work can wait. Because that would be being in the moment, being fully present for her children, with her children, having some fun, um, as opposed to doing those things that she feels she should do, must do, um, which in NLP terms is called the modal operator of necessity. I must go and do some work. Um, So um so we talked about how she might do that and that's what she's going to work on this week i'm looking forward to seeing her uh, this time next week to see uh, how she gets on with that so to focus on the doing rather sorry focus on the being rather than the doing to stay still to listen you know how about um you know m- taking a chance that actually if you do that okay things that you might feel ought to be done won't be done On the other hand, what is the benefit that you'll get? Also, another thing might be, uh, another way you could take a chance um, is to talk about your own struggles. And, uh, you know, let's face it, money's on everyone's mind at the moment. Um, How about opening that up with the family? Um, Even young children, um, you can use that as an opportunity to to talk about money, to use sort of... Um, uh, use that to, uh, you know, show that, you know, there's a finite amount of money, there's these number of sort of coins, you can use coins or stones or whatever you want to make it a bit more sort of, you know, um, meaningful to them Um, and then sort of say, well, this has to go on this, this has to go on this, etc. And to talk about how, how as a family you can work together as a team um and how how we they could all help by things like turning off lights turning down the radiator pushing on a jumper um, being in the same room i mean it's not something teens really want to do is it but to have a radiator on in you know in each of their rooms um you know at the moment you know is this is this something that you as a family want to do maybe it would be an excuse to actually get them in the same room with you for a change um and um you know so this is really what I wanted to say um I think we uh tend to get into a rut a little bit um and be and be how we always are in terms of sort of our comfort zone and so on, what, we, what we're able to do and not push ourselves to do any more um, or to do things differently. My question is, what, what would it be like to take a chance as opposed to playing it safe? I definitely don't want anybody doing anything dangerous. I don't mean that, but so by playing it safe, I don't literally mean that. But do something that you don't normally do. Um, push yourself a little bit to take a chance. Be rather than do. Um, and you know, open up conversations that perhaps you've been avoiding. You you just don't know where that might go. And you know, if it's done gently and with that intention, you know, with the intention to connect rather than the the intention to correct them or to, um, you know, to to have a go, to to complain or whatever. Um, instead, if you think of the intention being to get your relationship on a slightly more um, sort of connected uh, level to to get to know each other a little bit more and to speak a bit more openly about things. Um, I know that can be really tricky when you've got kids around. Um, I remember it well, sort of having a you know the children around with their beady eyes and you know and their ears up as antennas, antennae, sort of trying to figure out what's going on. What are they talking about? Um, So you might actually need to sort of get out of the house or, you know, find a quiet space. Um, But yeah, just to move, move things along a bit, just push things a little bit. Okay, I hope you're finding this helpful and um, I'll uh, find something interesting to say um, on another podcast um, because there's lots of uh, lots of ideas I have. But this one really was just one that just popped to the surface today. Okay, bye then.